On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, he'd have always got the good old pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Yeah, welcome to Monday's Experts on this Monday, and it is, again, an opportunity for us to find out a little bit about the story behind the name. Our guest today, well, he has ridden in various parts of the world, a Group 1 winning jockey, and he nearly got a Group 1 on the weekend down there in Melbourne riding alligator blood just to be pipped on the post by I'm Thunderstruck. Of course, I speak of Tim Clark, who's been a great guest on Racing HQ and also Sky Sports Radio since he's begun riding, and I'm very keen to hear a little bit about his story today on the air. Tim, good morning to you, mate. Welcome. Good morning, Dave. It's a pleasure to be on a, on your show. Mate, uh, let's go right back to the start. For those that don't know, where were you born, mate? Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, originally from Young. Um, we grew up... Uh, Sort of between Young and Tamora on a sort of quite a large farm, and yeah, that's uh, I was the youngest of, of six children as well. So um, yeah, it was a it was a pretty normal, I guess, a normal upbringing out there. Growing up out in in country New South Wales, mate. Obviously, you were always well, you were you around horses from a young age. I wasn't. No. Dave. Okay. I, um, so just you know, grew up from sort of probably when I was from. Six to sixteen, I, I, um, you know, just played football for the the, the local side there, and I, I loved that. Um, sort of did a bit of other sporting things, but um, now the horses come along a little bit later. My um, my dad, you know, before I was born, he was actually he trained and drove a few of his own trotters, so he he done that. But they were long gone before I was. Um, I sort of come along, and I, I sort of. You know, probably from the age of twelve or thirteen was when um, you know when I sort of started to seriously think about going down the the racing path, and obviously I sort of followed my brother into it as well, Brad, who who was a jockey um, down that area as well. What was it about um, the first time you sat on the horse, mate? Do you remember it, and how old were you? Um, oh, probably when I sort of went and spent a bit of time with Brad when he was doing his apprenticeship. Um, I'd go down there in the school holidays and and spend a week down there with him. You know, that was, you know, 15, 16 maybe. And, yeah, I, I really, you know, got the bug straight away really when I um, when I was going down and, and visiting him in, in those times. And, yeah, from that age, it was, that was sort of all I, all I wanted to do. And there was, yeah, nothing that was going to get in my way. So you mentioned you were playing footy. So did you leave school? Um, what age did you leave school? Did you finish and go right through? I got. I finished year ten, and yep. it was enough for me. I yep. did no more, and uh, away I went. Um, but yeah, I, I loved. Um, yeah, I really had a passion for for football as a kid, and I really loved loved doing that. And I played till I till I finished um, school when I was sixteen, and um, then then went down and and started my apprenticeship at, at Leeton with, with Peter and Nerida Clancy. What was it like um, saying to the folks at, at you know, in, in grade 10, right, that's it, I'm, I'm going to go off and, and work in the racing game and, and move? Um, was it obviously full support of the board or was there a few, uh, Was you know, was mum keen? Was dad a bit sort of anxious? What was the story? No, I, I, I wasn't going to take no for an answer pretty yeah. much. But they, they knew, 
you know, well and truly before then that that was the plan. And as I said, we'll, you know, Brad and I were both very lucky that, um, you know, when we did move, both of us did move to Leighton and, and go to Peter and Eric Clancy, you know, it was like um, we become part of their family as well. So we were treated like like one of their children. And I think that obviously made the, the move out of home uh, a, a much smoother transition. We're chatting with Tim Clark this morning on Monday's Experts. Uh, what about that first race ride, mate? Do you remember it like it was yesterday? Uh, I remember it, yeah. Actually, it was um, had my first race ride for Brett Kavanagh at um, at Geraldry. So in, Brett was obviously at Albury at the time and had a pretty good string. And, you know, through my apprenticeship, I sort of rode quite a, quite a fair few winners for Brett. But, yeah, he gave me my first ride, ran second. You know, as usual, probably... Probably a hit with the whip probably would have won, but I just sort of just sat there and steered it, tried to steer it around the best I could. But uh, it took me a little while to to break through and and get my first winner. I think it took me about sixteen or seventeen rides. So, but um, yeah, it was a good good transition into into race riding. Tim, you you, you were obviously punching around in that Riverina area. At what point uh, and what was the moment that you decided to to come to Sydney? Because you started. With John O'Shea, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, you know, I, I guess once I got that sort of first winner, and you know, they they started to flow, and and sort of things started to snowball a bit, and I was I was able to sort of outride my claim, you know, in in pretty good time. And I, I guess the next logical step at that point was to to start branching out, and um, you know, I I done a bit of riding at the provincials for actually I was going and riding a bit for for the late Bead Murray um down at Campbell on a Saturday that was sort of the next step stepping stone to to branching out I still obviously had the claim there and and then it come got to a point where I sort of had to make a decision you know to to move away from from the country and and come to the city and yeah I was fortunate enough that you know I'd done pretty well and I had a yeah, a couple of stables arcing and, and ultimately um yeah, ended up at, at John's stable and it was uh yeah, he made the he made the move pretty pretty comfortable. I was uh I lived not far from the track there and and you know, I moved down to John I think it was about January, February and and actually went on and, and won the apprentices title yeah. in the city, you know, that same year. So that last six months I was able to to um, you know, ride a, a fair few winners and, and win the premiership that season. What did you learn in your time at Johns as a young bloke? And I guess not only on the track but off the track because you know, um, from growing up and young, from punching around the Riverina, um, coming to Sydney Town as someone that you know didn't grow up here as well. City's the type of place that uh, it can um, it can spit you out. It can chew you up and spit you out if you um, if you're in the wrong parts of it. Yeah, definitely. I was I was fortunate enough that um, yeah the the one thing that I I didn't live at the stables and I, we felt that you know between Peter Clancy and, and John and myself we felt that you know maybe just just having that time away from actually being in the stables twenty four seven would do me good. So that was the first thing I was able to um, you know I I moved in with. Um, Ginge, who we all know, the you know the gun strapper. Of, mm-hmm. I think he won the award recently. Yeah. So I um 
I moved in there, so that was that just gave me that you know that when I was away from the stables or when I was finished work, I didn't have to be at the stables twenty four seven, and I think that was um, good just to have that bit of uh, bit of balance and. And obviously, I had had good people around me. I was riding, you know, track work with, you know, Bossy and Huey and and them sort, you know, the caliber of them riders, and you know, you know, the great learning curve to to be able to to ride alongside them guys um, straight away. And you know, you obviously try and try and learn as much as you can from from them kind of guys. Certainly the uh, the case. We're chatting with Tim Clark this morning on Monday's Experts about his life and career. Tell us about uh, the the time in Sydney. Have you got any memorable moments, just not so much uh, when you came out of your apprenticeship, but just at, in the early doors? Because it would have been a different kettle of uh, horse you were getting on um, from what you were riding in the Riverina. So you would have had you would have learnt a lot about some good racehorses. Yeah, definitely. I guess, um, you know, in my apprenticeship early on, I you know riding, I you know John had obviously a, a really strong, strong stable, and um, you know I used to ride, you know I'd gallop racing the win a little bit um, here and there, so that was that was pretty um, pretty cool to be to be able to ride the caliper of horses to that, and and even just to be you know I was able to go off and, and ride work for other trainers, you know like Gay and Bart and you know the you know. Les Bridge, I think that was, I think that was the, you know, I was able to link up with Les and that sort of helped me along the way and, and that got me in there with Les and I think one of the first horses I was riding for him was, was Hot Danish. So, you know, just there's little moments in, you know, that you go along and there's a, these sliding door moments and, and that was definitely one of them with, uh, with Les and, and Hot Danish. Let's talk about that, Mayor. I mean, how did you end up getting on that day at uh, at Canterbury? Because um, we you actually you trialled her, didn't you? In the second ever trial, you um, you jumped on her, and then uh, she went to Kembler and won with Jason Lee on board. She was six dollars in a three sixty. So I hope um, Les and the team had a good drink after. And then you jumped on in that second start at Canterbury, and then you um, you stuck with her, didn't you? Yeah. So as I said, like she was one of the first horses I'd go down and ride ride a couple for Les early and then and then come back and and to John's and uh yeah she was just obviously hadn't hadn't raced and I was doing a bit of work on her and she was obviously going well and she was a nice horse and yeah she just continued to progress and you know from but she showed early on that she had a stack of ability and uh yeah I don't think it was any surprise that she went to the races and and won straight away and yeah, I was able to stick stick with her, which and you know pretty much ride her all the way through, apart from pretty much when I was out injured. So. Yeah, and that that just sort of struck up that that relationship with Les, which you know went on and lasted for a long time. We had you know a great run with some some really good mares. You certainly did. Uh, just on. Um Hot Danish. Um, first off, when you were going and down and doing a bit of work for Les, and then coming back up to the hut, did you ever say to John and the boys, "Go, geez, there's a nice mare, there's a nice filly down there I'm working with"? And did they ever laugh at you and go, "Yeah, righto, Tim. Yeah, good luck with that, mate." Or uh, were they like, "Oh, righto. What is it? What is it?" Yeah, I think that um, <laughs> the one time I trialled her before she raced, like she trialled up really well, and I think then that you know, I think Les sort of had a bit of an idea and and. 
you know, from then, like, it was like, yeah, I think we've, you know, we've got something here. So um, she was big and imposing and, mm. um, yeah, she she helped me greatly along my way because <clears throat> obviously they, I was still in my time and I think I won a, a you know, many group races on her. So, like, each carnival I started to sort of rely on her to... To get you to, through. To, yeah, win a couple of group races and obviously it, it took her a little little while longer than we expected for her to finally win a group one but yeah each carnival she'd stand up and yeah she sort of sort of put my name up in lights there and you know you know got people to you know my name on people's lips a bit you know talking about that Mm. you know each carnival because you did ride her as an apprentice um i think it was early doors uh not to to sort of listed in group success because you won the emancipation as an apprentice, didn't you, in 07, and that uh, Keith Nolan Classic, they listed down at Kemba. They were the two races. Were that, was that your first group success, that emancipation, when you won it on that day? Uh, no, I'd, I'd ridden a couple of group winners before then. Um, yeah, I, I can't recall who my first was, but, um, yeah, I had ridden a couple just prior to that. Okay. So, in, in in terms of like later in her career, just just before we move on from her, I mean, what do you think her best trip was? Because she was very versatile. I remember, you know, one day watching her live in a ten thousand. That was over what thirteen fifty, the old ten thousand. But you know, she ran second in a TJ. Gee, you'd, you'd love to give her a spot in an Everest if she was around today. Yeah, definitely. She would have um, put it this way: she her, her prize money earnings would have been a lot more in, in this day and age than than what they were back. Yeah. Then. I think around that um, seven seven furlongs is you know her, probably her sweet spot. Um, you know, obviously fresh she'd win. You know, she'd generally win fresh up. You know, over six and then end up getting out to a mile later on. Um, you know, in a campaign, she just hated wet tracks. So I think you know her, she would have won uh, a couple of Coolmores, maybe or a Queen of the Turf. She just heavy tens and that just. Just crawled her, but um, yeah, she was around that seven furlong. She was she was pretty dynamic. Tim, what about uh, your career away from her? Um, how many group ones have you won? Is it's above sixteen, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sitting on twenty at the moment, Dave. And have you got a particular favourite from those twenty? Um, oh, I think the the Doncaster was it would be probably right up the top of the list. Um, you know, just such a an iconic race. It, you know, the big Randwick Mile handicap. Um, you know, I, I guess apart from the the four majors, you know, it'd be probably you know if you're going to give give any race a you know put that in into the four majors into the bracket. You know, the Doncaster would probably be you know, highly spoken about as being next in line. So. Mm. Yeah, I think the Doncaster sits sits right up on on top of that list. And that was, of course, Sacred Choice, wasn't it? Yeah, Sacred Choice won that. It was um, pretty wet day, and she was a she was a real mudlark. So she got conditions to suit. She had no weight on her back, and you know that. And then I end up um, the race later. I come out and won won the Galaxy on on Atomic Four. So it was yeah, it was a big day um, that day. With uh, your weight, uh, talk us through, mate. Um, you know, obviously you um, you've, you've played footy. I presume you were you were half. Were you a halfback? 
I was, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, have, have you has that been something you've had to watch over your uh, over your time, um, your weight and, and your fitness, or can you manage it? Yeah, I'm I'm lucky in that regard, Dave. Regarding my weight, I'm you know I walk around you know around that 55 mark, so not too much of a you know problem to to be getting down riding too light. So yeah, there's there's plenty of plenty of the boys and girls out there that that do it a lot harder than me. Um, you know, you obviously try and watch what you eat, and you know I think uh, jockeys uh, as a whole, I think they're professionalism has has really changed over say the last five to you know probably the last five years you, you know we you know i think a lot more goes into the preparation now as far as our bodies go and fitness goes i think that that has really stepped up um you know over the last five years as i said and i think that's showing in the you know you know the the riders and I think everyone's looking looking to uh, to try and improve in in some area, and um, but yeah, I'm I'm lucky in that regard, and I you know try and keep pretty active when I can. What about um, your grow? You know, uh, I love what you've said there about uh, these days it's different. Um, young, you know, the younger guys coming through now. They've obviously got you know different pressures to maybe what you had uh, when you were a young apprentice coming through. But are you are you a little bit concerned about maybe the future in terms of you know where these next crop of apprentices are going to come from? Oh look, it's, it's always something that needs to be to be looked at and and constantly you know we need to constantly bring um, new people into the into the industry, whether that's riders, you know, strappers stable staff, owners, you know, even anyone going to the races, we've always got to be looking at trying to get more people to come and be part of our, our industry. But I think there's a there's a good crop of young riders coming through now. But as you know, it's extremely hard to to crack it into, into most metropolitan areas um, and in particular Sydney has you know, spoken about so often how strong um, how strong the jockey ranks are in Sydney. So, you know, I'm, even though, um, you know, there's great riders when I was coming through, um, there probably wasn't quite the depth uh, that there is now. So it definitely makes it harder for for the young riders coming through. But um, at some point, they're gonna they're gonna take over in in years to come. Of, of um, you know, they're gonna be in the position of where where we we are now. Tim Clark is my guest this morning on Monday's Experts. What about, Tim, your time in Hong Kong? So uh, you, you took a contract to go over there. What was it like over there for you, riding in Asia? Yeah, it was something I, you know, I guess I'd always wanted to do. It was it was definitely a a, a big carrot there to, to go there. It was something that, yeah, I'd, I'd always, um, you know, once, if I did get the opportunity, I'd, I'd jump at that taking taking that up and which I which I did and look I, I guess that I think I was about 23 when it happened or something you know about that that age so 23 24 so probably you know a, a little bit sort of inexperienced and and still um you know whether I was quite ready for it looking back now but 
I'm definitely got no regrets about going. I, I really enjoyed uh, riding over there. I enjoyed the lifestyle. I enjoyed living there. I enjoyed being able to, you know, get my family over and, and show them all around and, and that sort of thing. But I, I guess it was never... I never saw it as a as a long term um, experiment, or or yeah, I always felt that you know a, a couple of seasons and then I'd then I'd come back and and that's what what I did and you know whether if that opportunity come up now you know it, things have changed a bit now I guess than over there but I uh, yeah I, I thought it was um, it was great to go over there and, and experience it that's for sure. Tim, what about uh, your career? Um, obviously, you've got a, a lot to still achieve. Um, you um, have a beautiful family with Jade and your daughter, and uh, you've got uh, your your bar up there at, at Terrigal. I mean, what what what's on the bucket list? What do you because you've already achieved the stack? Probably more. You know, if we if we spoke to Tim Clark, the 14 year old Tim Clark, and said, "Mate, this is what you're going to do in your life. This is, you know, who you're going to marry. You're going to have a family. You're going to win these group ones and travel the world." You probably would have been going, "How good's this?" But with that, you know, you obviously want to achieve more. What's what's on the bucket list? Yeah, I guess that um, yeah, them them really big races are, you know, are what we all want to achieve now. Like, um, you know, your Golden Slippers, Melbourne Cups. They're they're something that you know. It, I, you know, I'm desperate to obviously like everyone try and try and tick off a couple of couple of them big race wins. I've you know, I've ridden some as I said some really good winners and big big winners in Doncasters and, and Stradbrokes. But yeah, I guess you know that that sort of yeah, I'd love to win a Golden Slipper, you know, Melbourne Cup. That that'd be definitely two that um, they're well and truly at the at the top of the bucket list. Yeah. And I mean, are you? Have you got anything lurking? I mean, you. I tell you what. I'm not sure Alligator Blood can be your Cox Plate horse or anything, but Jeezy went well on Saturday, and it took a pretty bloody good horse to run him down. It definitely did. Yeah, he he was terrific on um, on Saturday. Very proud of, of how he performed. Obviously, it um, yeah, it just didn't quite work out there. Later, it was um, he looked the winner for a for a good portion of the straight, but. Um, but he still he's ran well, and you know they're, they're you know apart from Animo, um, you know I'm Thunderstruck's probably putting his hand up as being the 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 next in line as far as them you know wait for age races go. So no disgrace in, in getting beaten by him, but yeah, we'll definitely be looking for revenge in um, in a couple of weeks in the Underwood. Very much so, uh, Tim. With riding, and uh, and obviously I want to bring this up because uh, I talk to talkies about it all the time and we, we talk about the persuader and obviously there's a, a portion of the community, a very small portion that, that want things changed, etc. Someone that is on top of these animals that is using, um, you know, these these items that, uh, that people want changed and restricted, what do you say to them and, and what do you say about the way our sport is heading in, in that regard? Obviously we've... We've changed. We've changed a lot um, from you know even back when I first started riding, and you know we've made that um, changes not only to the to the restrictions on the whips, but the the whips as well. You know, we we definitely need them no matter what. Um, you know, there are yeah, we we definitely need them to 
to stay around and, you know, whether things need to be tinkered with, you know, that's probably, you know, there's, there's discussions to go on forever. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're a part of our our trade and we need to, to use them and, you know, we're not out there to to hurt them or that they're, they're pretty pretty mild now compared to what they used to be. So I think we've, you know, we've made the, the necessarily necessary changes to to try and keep people happy. I, I wouldn't wouldn't like to see the changes go too much further. And what about uh, your um, take on on Sydney racing? I mean, do you believe this is the, the 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 toughest jockey room in the world, considering the class that's around you? I, I definitely do. Um, you know, I think that as I spoke about, like. Um, you know, there's, there's most jockeys' rooms. You know, around this country and around the world, you know, you're going to have your your few up up the top that are, you know. That, but I think with Sydney is that it's just the the amount of depth that's there. Uh, it's it's incredible, and yeah, you know, which is obviously um, makes things harder. But also, I think it it, it challenges everyone, and it. Everyone in that competing in that environment has has continued to to rise to a to a new level, and you know that's something that I you know I try and do myself, and that you know all of my um, my the boys and girls in in the rooms, they you know we're always trying to improve, and I think that that fierce competition, I think that that brings that on. You know, you really you really got to step it up and. And really keep on top of things and be on your game, you know, twenty four seven. I think that, you know, when I was in Hong Kong, we'd only race twice a week, and you know, each race over there is so important to to their the owners and you know even the the lower grade races. They're they're so competitive. There's so much money bet on them races that you know even yeah the class fives. But there's so much pressure on them on you over there. Mm. I think that you know Sydney probably wasn't like that when I went over there, but I think it's got to the point now where there's so much pressure on in each race because you know if you make a mistake or or get things wrong, you you're found out very quickly um, with the with the depth of riders that are around you, you. Your mistakes are found out very quickly, and and ultimately if if you um, if you aren't getting it right all the time. Um, you know, you're you're not on them next start, so you need to be, yeah, you need to be on your game all the time. It's been fascinating to talk with you, mate. Um, it's it's brilliant to hear about how your career started there in in Young in the Riverina. Uh, you came to town, and as I said, uh, you should be very proud. Before I let you go, what would a young, or what would a what would you say to a young Tim Clark if he was with you right now? What would you say? What advice would you give him? Um. I think just just keep working hard, you know, hard work and, um, you know, you've got to be very dedicated to to what you've got to do um, and try and get good people around you to, you know, to keep you on the, um, as, you, as you said earlier, Dave, like Sydney can, can um, swallow you up, you know, quickly and we've seen, you know, not, not only in our sport but other sports that happen. So I think that, Getting the right people around you um, goes a long way in, you know, keeping you 
you know, on on the right path and keeping you focused on the on the, the goals ahead of you. Very well said, mate. Thanks for coming on, Tim, and good luck this carnival, mate. Hopefully, if, if it's not alligator blood, something else can give you some success over the uh, over the spring. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Dave. No, no problem at all. Champion. Tim Clark this morning, our guest on Monday's Experts, and that'll be up on podcast along with our other podcasts as well. It's always good on a Monday morning. I love when we can have a yarn to people that come on the program and we talk about horses all the time and how this horse is going to go or, or this particular ride and um, bringing that sort of human element and that story element to the names that are in our form guides I think is really important and uh, there you go. If you're a young bloke listening in young this morning or you might be a mum or dad out there and the kids are wanting to get into pony club and they come from country New South Wales, you just never know what is around the corner as I'm sure Tim's parents would attest to.